Hello, my friends, and welcome to another Cup of Joe podcast. We have made it to Friday, Friday, April 16th. I hope wherever you are, uh, you uh, know in your head, know in your heart uh, of the nearness of our God, uh, that you are surrounded with his goodness, that you find yourself within his embrace, and that you are overjoyed with the new life of resurrection, of Easter which we still celebrate. Uh, hard to believe two weeks ago today was Good Friday already, huh? Yeah. So uh, we're going to jump back to the gospel today. Uh, we've kind of jumped around to, to the first reading in the gospel. Uh, so the last time we left the gospel was Nicodemus and Jesus, that gospel in miniature, uh, John 3.16, 3.17, which are so incredibly beautiful. Well, we're going to jump now to John chapter 6, and um, I think we're going to read out of John chapter 6 not only today, and if we would have read the gospel tomorrow, we'd read out of it tomorrow, but I think all of next week. So this is John's great Eucharistic theology. I'll talk a little bit about that uh, on the other side of the reading, but today we'll read John chapter 6, verses 1 to 15, okay? Let's uh, break open God's Word. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to John. Jesus went across the Sea of Galilee. A large crowd followed him because they saw the signs he was performing on the sick. Jesus went up on the mountain, and there he sat down with his disciples. The Jewish feast of Passover was near. When Jesus raised his eyes and saw that a large crowd was coming to him, he said to Philip, where can you buy enough food for them to eat? Oh, excuse me, where can we, where can we buy enough food for them to eat? He said this to test him because he himself knew what he was going to do. Philip answered him, 200 days wages worth of food would not be enough for each of them to have a little. One of his disciples Andrew, the brother of Simon Peter, said to him, There is a boy here who has five barley loaves and two fish, but what good are these for so many? Jesus said, Have the people recline. Now there was a great deal of grass in that place, so the men reclined, about 5,000 in number. Then Jesus took the loaves, gave thanks, and distributed them to those who were reclining, and also as much of the fish as they wanted. When they had had their fill, he said to the disciples, Gather the fragments left over, so that nothing will be wasted. So they collected them and filled twelve wicker baskets with fragments from the five barley loaves that had been more than they could eat. When the people saw the sign he had done, they said, This is truly the prophet, the one who is to come into the world, since Jesus knew that they were going to come and carry him off to make him king, he withdrew again to the mountain alone. My friends, the gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. So I've mentioned before, this is the only miracle that appears in all four gospels, the feeding of the 5,000. Um, and, uh, and, and we've heard it so many times that it's almost like we may not hear it 
again when it's when it's red like because we know where it's going it's almost like you know if you make the same trip to work and back every day or you make the same trip trip to uh to to drop the kids off at school every day you know the first times you do it it's exciting and new and you're taking everything in but after you've done it for a while you don't even notice anything on the side of the road right you don't even notice the houses that you go by anymore you don't notice the scenery because you've done that, you've been there, and you just kind of go through with your mind on whatever other things it's on, right? Well, it's not that different with Scripture. We've been there, right? First few times we, we heard this, we might be like, oh, there's, look at all this detail and this detail. But then we hear it so many times, we're like, okay, my mind's going to be on something else. He feeds the 5,000, this, you know. You know, Philip still doesn't know what's going to happen, and then there's five barley loaves, and, and they, 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 they get it done. They get her done, you know? Isn't that wonderful? So let's take a look at a couple of things that, that maybe have escaped our, our notice, and even if they didn't, maybe it's good for us just to remember. Remember, we have to be people of memory more than anything else. So what would those things be? I mentioned this is John's great Eucharistic theology. If you want to read about the Last Supper in Matthew, Mark, and Luke, you're going to go to the Last Supper and, and, and read it. And you're going to see the Eucharistic theology of Matthew, Mark, and Luke within those places. Not long. They're going to be, gosh, in Mark, I want to say it's a mere sentences, you know, three or four. In, in uh, Luke, I think it might be a couple of paragraphs. Um, but it's not lengthy. Mm, not John. You want his Eucharistic theology? Don't go to the Last Well, that's not true. It's okay to go to the Last Supper, but you're going to see it in a different way. If you want it in, in the sense that we understand it, John chapter 6. He's going to come back to it all the time. The idea of, of Eucharist as body and blood of Christ. Um, Matthew, Mark, Luke make that that. Uh, connection at the Last Supper when Jesus, the institution narrative, when he says the words that we say at Mass all the time. If you go to the Last Supper, you're not going to hear those words in John's Gospel. You'll see what Eucharist looks like, one aspect of Eucharist, not fully. But you'll see what one aspect of it looks like when he takes off his outer garments, ties the towel around his waist, and washes the feet of the disciples. Um, but if you want to hear the words of Jesus... Immerse yourself in John chapter 6, which is why right away this is so important. And you probably didn't even hear it when it went by. Maybe the second sentence, third sentence here in this, uh, in this narrative that we just did. Um, the, uh, it says, okay, so Jesus uh, goes across the Sea of Galilee, allows crowd just following, goes up the mountain. The Jewish feast of Passover was near. And then when Jesus raised his eyes and saw that the large crowd was coming to him, he says to Philip, where can we buy enough food to, for them to eat? Why would that sentence be in there? The Jewish feast of Passover was near. Not necessary. It's not. It doesn't tell us anything else about the, uh, the, the miracle. It doesn't tell us anything about uh, anything that's going to take place in the story. Why would it be there? Well, there's one reason. There's one reason. Because it ties the Eucharistic meal to the Passover, which is exactly what it was. Remember, uh, John's, in Matthew, Mark, and Luke, 
the Passover meal is where Eucharist happens, but not in John. John, Jesus is the Passover lamb, but he still ties it to the Passover. Um, if you read the, uh, the, the, and we did, you know, what, three weeks ago, uh, and he even talks about, he, because he has to mention Passover, he's on the night before Passover or whatever. Um, and, and so again, still points it to this, this Eucharistic meal is that same sacrificial covenant meal that they, they uh, eat on the Passover. That in Passover, of course, it's a lamb, right? That, that's the sacrificial lamb. Well, we tie that sacrificial lamb, of course, to Christ. And so even this, this great chapter six, Eucharistic theology, we're tying to Passover with that one line. That's the only reason it's sitting there. Uh, and, and it's to tie this Eucharistic theology, this Eucharistic talk, what Eucharist is. So you might say, well, Joe, okay, that's fine. Uh, but we really didn't talk about Eucharist within this. Well, yeah, we did. We did. We did. At least it's a start. Not fully. We're going to get there with the rest of John chapter 6 when Jesus, you know, fleshes out what the body and blood of Christ is. And he's going to do it, you know, ad nauseum almost. He'll say the same thing like five times. Um, but here we see what Eucharistic theology, what the start of it is. Why? Because what does Eucharist mean? That very word means thanksgiving. Thanksgiving. So as Jesus takes these five barley loaves and two fish. What does he do? Have the people recline. Now there was a great deal of grass there, so the men reclined. Then Jesus took the loaves, gave thanks, and distributed them to those who were reclining. The same thing he would do if we were around the Last Supper in Matthew, Mark, and Luke. Matthew, Mark, and Luke. <laughs> that he does in those Gospels is he takes the bread gives you thanks, breaks it, and distributes it, right? Those are the essential elements of Eucharist, that it is received, it is taken, it is, it is blessed, it is broken, and it is shared. Those are, that's what happens at every Mass. It is taken, blessed, broken, and shared. And that is what's happening here. Jesus is receiving it from this young man, through Andrew, by the way, Andrew is essential here, but he doesn't, all Andrew is is a conduit. Oh yeah, there's a boy over here who has it. Andrew's the conduit through which it goes, so there are times in our life where the conduit, there are times in our life where the boy that, that has meager things but offers it. So this nameless boy is, the, is the, the founder of this feast through Andrew to Jesus. Um, but what does he do? Jesus takes it. He receives it. He blesses it, gives thanks for it, you know, which is the, the beginning of the Eucharistic blessing. That's, again, we give thanks. Uh, and, and listen to the next Eucharistic prayer. Always we give you thanks and praise. Um, it is right to give God thanks and praise. It is truly right and just. Our duty and our salvation, always and everywhere, to give you thanks. Right? That's what we say. Um, and so he does. He takes the loaves. He gives thanks. He distributes them. So he breaks them. I mean, you're not going to give five out. There's 12 apostles, so you're breaking them. It's just breaking them and, and giving them because that's what Eucharist is. It's, it's taken, it's blessed, it's broken, and it's shared. Um, 
gosh, there's so much in this. I could just talk and talk and talk, but I want to keep it, you know, you know, just pointing out the simple. So anyway, it's, it's tied to Eucharist. It, it, it is, my friends. It is tied to Eucharist. Um, something else I want to point out is, and, and this is so important, and, and don't ever forget this, because, boy, we sure can forget, and especially in the midst of a day when we're struggling in our day-to-day stuff or when we feel isolated, we feel forgotten, we feel um, like our troubles are going to overwhelm us. Remember this. Jesus um, when, uh, when the crowds were coming up the mountain and he's sitting down with his disciples, when Jesus raised his eyes and saw that a large crowd was coming to him, he said to Philip, where can we buy enough food for them to eat? Immediately he goes to the, what are their needs going to be? What is it? Food. They're going to have to eat. They're going to have to sustain themselves. And so then he turns to Philip and says, how can we do that? And again, yeah, testing him because, you know, we know that man does not live by bread alone, but by every word that comes forth from the mouth of God, right? Um, and, but he's going to give him bread too. He's going to give him both because, you know, every word that comes from the mouth of God is what really sustains us. That's the real bread we need. Uh, Eucharist is the real bread we need. But we also need, you know, some food. Otherwise, we're going we're gonna to collapse along the journey. And he knows that. So here's the, the God of the universe who looks out and sees what the needs of the people are, maybe even before they know what the needs are. Let that sink in. God looks at you and I today. This, again, if Jesus is the image of the invisible God, this is our God looking at us fully. That our God knows what your needs are today even if you don't know what they are. And he knows what you need for sustenance. Yes, we need the word of God. We need to be rooted in God. Or, or like John says, we're like, if we're not attached to the vine, we're getting nothing. You know, we got to be attached to the vine because then we're okay. Um, and he's going to do that. You wouldn't be listening to this podcast if you didn't want to be attached to the vine in some way through the word of God here, right? But he also knows what we need beside that. Maybe we need peace today. Maybe we need hope today. Maybe we need patience. Maybe we need, you know, uh, we talked yesterday about uh, Peter and and the courage he had. And the one thing that was important to him was not humanity's uh, approval, but God's. Maybe we like humanity's approval too much, but maybe I know I need God's more. Maybe I need the desire for that. Um, Maybe I need uh, well, courage, just to use what, what Peter said yesterday. Maybe I need uh, a heart of compassion. Maybe, I, maybe I, my life does revolve around me too much, and frankly, I kind of like that. Maybe I need the desire to revolve around God. Whatever. God knows what we need, and he gives it to us even before we know we need it. Um, or he invites us to it anyway. He invites us to it. He looks at us and he sees what our need is. And he looks around and says, how can we provide that? That's so good, isn't it? That's so good. Um, Twelve baskets left over. I mean, goodness sakes, I could do a reflection based on that alone, you know, on on what that means. That that the job of, of Eucharist isn't done 
uh, that, that the giving of the Eucharist, that the giving of the bread, the giving of sustenance uh, on, a, on a spiritual level and on, on a physical level are not done. How many apostles are there? Twelve. How many bags, baskets left over? Twelve. Think that's a, a, a coincidence? No. Because we have to participate in the action of God. You and I do. And there were people around us that need sustenance on a spiritual level and on a physical level. And he expects us as followers of his to follow in his footsteps, to look around and see and ask the question to the Phillips in our lives, what do they need? How can we get it? How do we participate in that? And finally this. And again, you guys know all this stuff. But it's like, here's this little boy a little boy, nameless, who gives five loaves and two fish, a pittance, nothing. But out of that, 5,000 and more. By the way, we're just counting the men here, you know, women and children. Maybe they numbered as many. Certainly possible. He's feeding thousands, let's just say that, off of a pittance. It's that mustard seed analogy, isn't it? You may feel today, my friends, and I may feel this, and certainly we all do on occasion, that we have nothing to offer God, or what we have is so incredibly inadequate. But brothers and sisters, I think that's precisely what God wants us to give. And, and, and I think even our inadequacy, he wants us to know it and say, Lord, this is crazy. I'm woefully inadequate in this, in, in this talent, or woefully inadequate in my courage because I've got none, or woefully inadequate in my understanding of scripture or my understanding of you, or woefully inadequate of my relationship with these people around me because I don't know them. I, I, I have to give that to you because I, I, I can't do it. I know nothing. I, I've got very little to give you. But I think that does two things. One, it allows God to be God and all the multiplication to be his. And two, it reminds us to be humble and to see God's action and know this wasn't us. It couldn't be us because I can't do anything with five loaves and two fish for 5,000 people, but God can, but God can. And it reminds me that says, yeah, I've got a part to play. I have to give that to him. Had that boy not given it to him, there's no feast. So we have to give if we want our God to take our inadequacies and, and, and grow them and use them for his kingdom, we have to be part of that giving. But ultimately, it's God's work. And we get to see, even in our inadequacies, maybe especially in our inadequacies, the strength and power and fullness and goodness of God. Because you can take what is small and make it what it needs to be for the people around us. Because he knows their needs, but he knows ours too. This is incredible. We're leading the Eucharist. This is just scratching the surface of the rest of John chapter 6. I suspect we'll be in there quite a bit next week um, and, uh, and talking about that. Brothers and sisters, we're going to pray here in a moment, but have a wonderful weekend. Uh, when you hear that Eucharistic prayer, I know, again, it's like traveling to, to work again. We've heard it a hundred times. We don't listen to it as well. Listen to it well this weekend. Hear about the thanks. Hear about how the bread was received. It was taken. How, how he blessed it and will bless it at the altar table this, uh, this weekend, right? How he'll break it and it will be distributed to all of us. That's the pattern. That's the pattern. It's the pattern we have to have with that wicker basket that is given to us, right? We have to receive it. God gives it to us. Continuing work, we have to bless it because it's got to be God's work, not ours. 
break it, and give it. That's uh, the pattern continues, and God needs us to do it. So let's pray. And we begin in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. The fifth joyful mystery, the finding of Jesus in the temple. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. O my Jesus, forgive us our sins, save us from the fires of hell, lead all souls to heaven, especially those in most need of thy mercy. In the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, amen. My friends, have the best weekend, and I look forward to breaking open God's word uh, with one another next week. God's peace.